The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast are those of the host slash guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any of BXR entities and those they represent. And welcome to another show right here on Be Exposed Radio with the goddess, the Empress Chance, real lady cake mix. I have an awesome show for you tonight, but I do have to mention that an hour in the show, it may be interrupted. I got the heads up and I got to give y'all the heads up for the president's um, speech. So make sure y'all tune into that. And then next time, hopefully on the show, we can talk about it because y'all know how I do it. Our news, our views, your news, our views. Tonight I have with me Baba Imhotep, um, who's going to tell you all about a wonderful initiative um, that I think is going on. But before that, you know how I do and starting it off. Gotta bless the show. Bless all of you guys who are joining me. Bless all of the people who are unable to join. Um, there's so much going on in the world and right here in our city. Um, I just want to encourage you to keep on moving, keep on reigning. Good people, do what you can where you are with what you have. Um, the time is now. There's so many movements going on, but definitely we have to move. And that's why I feel a pleasure and a privilege to have who I have on here tonight, because I definitely know that he um, enhances that and embraces that initiative. And I wanted to bring that to y'all. With so much negativity going on, um, I'm going to use this platform as an enlightening one, because I told you we're going to know and we're going to grow right here together. Um, the topic of the show is love itself or else. Um, so we're going to get some knowledge on that. But again, let me give the blessings. Oh, Father God, I thank you for this day and many days um, that came before this. Oh, Father God, reach everyone who is listening right now, everyone who is viewing, all the people who could not, oh, Father God. For you know all and you see all. That is the greatest joy to know that nothing happens miraculously and that you have your hand on all things. So just continue to bless us, oh, Father God. Continue to help us, oh, Father God, because we all fall short. It's so much stuff going on. For at the times, I don't even know half of the time what to pray for. But my spirit forever will cry out. Bless all of you and amen. So I just wanted to get some stuff off um, just real quick, right? Because it was just real funny to me. Y'all know it's a production right here being filmed here in Baltimore, Lady by the Lake. Um, some news came out this week in which um, the crew was um, indicating that they were harassed. Basically, yeah, like harassed and harassed and basically they were saying that they were trying to extort them right was saying that if they didn't give them money they wanted them to leave so recently it's coming back out in the news that those statements were recanted the first initial comments were made um the crew says based on the information they have but now it's coming out that there was an issue from a business owner down in that area um, who felt some type of way about not getting compensated that the um, the crew in the production was basically cutting into his business and to his um, stuff for the day. Um, he was arrested on some drug charges, what they say is not connected to what his complaint is, but it's very funny that after the brother complaint that this would be his fate. 
Um, however, I think the brother name is Chris Brown or something else like that that has the business down there. Um, but really, I just wanted to bring it up and give you guys something to talk about. We might can't talk about it a lot today because, again, I want my guests to be able to spew all this positivity and everything on you for the time that we have. Um, however, I just was blown away. That's not the first time, you know, something has happened here in the city. Um, it made me to think about the time uh, when a brother, um, you know, murdered his wife and, and put it on some panhandlers, you know, um, fortunately, because of the, the, the plague that's on our city for crime and violence is, is, is like possible that people can say anything kind of, you know, losing us as the scapegoats. Um, so it just was a real controversial thing. I said, wow, like Lady on the Lady. <laughs> it was a mystery. It was whatever. Um, it's a movie um, that was written by one of our own that was here. Um, I believe she was doing um, some writing on Baltimore Sun and then later became an author. So she's, you know, they're shooting her movie here. So that's all what happened. They said that people threatened them. They wanted some money. But it's coming out that they lied. That wasn't even the case. That wasn't even the case, y'all. So like, share, and comment up in here. Let me know if y'all want to talk more about it on our next show. If you haven't already liked my page, be sure to do so. I had some live viewers. Y'all been coming through for me, showing mad love. But I got to get these views up. Y'all got to come on in. Talk to me, come through, because I would love to talk to you. But without further ado, my guest tonight, Baba M. Hotep. How you feeling, good brother? I think you muted still. Yeah, um, yes, I was. Excellent and excited. All right, excellent and excited. Well, I'm excited to have you um, with your schedule. You know, I know you family. We family, we family. Um, but just knowing his good brother, knowing his schedule, yes, it definitely is an honor to have him on the show tonight that he would even consider and take the time out. I wanted to bring him on because um, just like I said, he is a person that I inspire. I love his spirit, his energy. I love just his thought progress and his just, you know, his initiative to make us better people. And y'all don't even know we are honored and privileged to have a good brother with us right here in Baltimore City. Um, this weekend that just passed on 827 um, initiative that he is head of the race first um, movement um, was held here. And I was shocked and I was amazed by the hotel that it was over in Tanzania as well. I seen the brothers yeah. over there celebrating with their vet rally and it just blew me away. It, it was something that was definitely um, empowering for me. It was powerful to see. Um, I definitely wanted to come through, but my stomach and everything wasn't letting me be great. But tell us about it. What is race first? No, first introduce yourself because I know that you, I, I can say a whole bunch, but no better person than yourself. Who are you, Baba Emlutap? And welcome again. Um, welcome. Great. Um, it's an honor to be on this show, to be on this platform with you. And it's always an honor just to be able to have these type of outlets. So I'm, I'm excited and I'm honored to be here. Um, for those who don't know, I am Baba Imhotep Fatuo. I'm the founder of PLM, Pan-African Liberation Movement, the co-founder of the Urban Youth Initiative Project, which is a youth organization, and the founder of the Race First Movement. Um, and, among, and, and many other things, but I'll stop there. Um, and as we talk, the other things that I'm affiliated with or initiated, those things will be mentioned. Yes, certainly, certainly, certainly. So I mentioned this weekend y'all had the Race First Rally 
Um, I know that wasn't the first one, but I know many of them are supposed to follow. So can you begin by just telling us exactly, um, like you say, you have, you wear so many hats. Um, <laughs> you wear so many hats, but brother, definitely salute to you. Um, sending you light and love always to continue and keep reigning in what you're doing. Um, but this first rally, this first, this race first, excuse me, movement, what is that exactly? Okay, now that's an excellent question. So the race first movement is an initiative to facilitate organization amongst black people. We are not organized. And because we are not organized, we are suffering on many levels. And I'll give a basic example. In most of the neighborhoods we live in, you can find a, on any given day, a person that lives in the neighborhood and doesn't know the person that lives across the street, is not concerned with that person's child, don't know one another and do not even speak to one another. That's problematic. So that's an indication of the lack of organization we have as a people. Our, um, our sense of nationhood have been eroded. So with the race first movement, I am I'm seeking to restore um, a sense of oneness to facilitate a type of um, organization amongst our people. So our motto is let's get organized, let's get organized. So we wanna bring more organization and one of the ways we feel you can do that, if we can get people to begin to recognize and embrace you know, the fact that we are the same people. We are Black people in America. Yeah. If we can get us just to identify with that and embrace that, we can begin to facilitate a type of organization that will maximize all of our output. Yes, 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 I agree. And what, you know, is so much detrimental things happening here in Baltimore City. So this movement, this initiative is definitely well needed. Um, but even though, you know, your push is for those greater things, um, do you, can you speak on your belief or your knowledge of why, of the, why is it like this? Why is this a culture, um, you know, based on even that example that you gave, that now us as a people are so disconnected and not organized um, as we need to be, especially with so much stuff going on. Um, and, and I say that when I think about, you know, just all the violence going on in the city. Um, if it's not somebody that I know personally being affected by it, of course, I've been affected by it, you've been affected by it, on top of us losing elders and matri matriarchs of our families, you know, and those people that sent it, some of those very principles and everything else like that that you were talking on. Um, but just with the violence here alone, you know, usually everyone I talk to isn't forward. You know, everyone is like, what's going on? Um, if it's not someone I know that's being hurt, being murdered, it's someone, someone's child, someone that I know that knows someone. Um, so we're always affected. You know, it feels like it's an ongoing grief, grieving type of process. Like we're forever mourning. Um, but to get back to what my original question was, as I, you know, went on and talked, Baba M. Hotel. Um, what do you think are some of those, how did, how did we get here? How do we get here? And then with this initiative, how are we going to use, how is this race first initiative going to be used to move back towards that? So how did we get here? What, what, what's happening? What, what are we doing? Why are we like that? Um, so race first, how race first um, will eventually assist in that regard. 
race first have 10 basic principles. And the first principle of race first is black consciousness. So there's a type of awareness that has to be reinstilled within us as a people. So we've gotten where we are at. If we look in historically, um, if we look at 1968, 1967, 1966, we see a type of unity, a type of organization. We see these things taking place with us. If we look at 1969 and then going into the 70s and coming to the 80s, you can begin to see the deterioration with us as a people. Because what happened on that time period is a lot of different type of forces um, was introduced into the community. For one, this quote unquote um, term integration began to really take off post 1968. And in conjunction with that, the drugs um, was pushed into our communities a whole lot more through coming into the 70s with the heroin, the black sportation movements, um, movies in the 70s. And then by the time we get to the 80s, you know, it's nothing but mad cocaine that's coming in. So mm. the community as a whole has been under attack. And when the community came under attack that way, we lost over, over time, over 30 and 40 years, we've lost certain values that we once had. So when the community was attacked, it, it eroded our connectivity within the community because mm. we began to take part in those destructive behaviors. Um, prostitution became real big. You know what I'm saying? The pimping became real big. We was dealing with heroin, then crack cocaine. So those things erodes your sense of self-worth. Mm. Your sense of self-worth is eroded when you begin to partake in those type of activities. So if our self-worth is being eroded, then we most definitely not going to concern ourselves with the other person or the larger community. Yes. Yes. So the community began to decline over time. So now we find ourselves in 2022 and we're looking at all this recklessness that's taking place. And this recklessness is taking place because what has happened is the society has fostered a mentality in our people that keeps us to look at each other as potential enemies. The women don't want to come together. The men don't want to come together. Everybody is um, jealous of one another. No one is clapping each other up. No one is bigging each other up. So we just see each other as a, 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 a potential enemy or a potential, you see what I'm saying, dick. We're waiting for it. You know, we walk around, come out the house in the morning time. We mad, we angry. We don't speak to each other. We say things like, I'm waiting for somebody to get in my way. They going to get it. I'm going to give it to them. The first person to get out of line, he going to get it. I'm going to give it to him. So we have a mentality of death a mentality mm. of negativity, a mentality of nothingness. And we walk around this way and then the society around us, it feeds it. The news feeds it. The radio feeds it. Everybody what is making money off of our destruction. Our destruction is profitable to this society. It's very profitable for Black people to destroy themselves. And that's what's happening. Wow. Wow. That was a lot, but definitely it was just some confirmations because that was a lot of things that I'm sure others, you know, who are listening and just us period living in Baltimore city that can acknowledge and can recognize and can realize. I was just thinking to myself the other day that um, when I was younger, when you were breaking it down far as like, you know, the, the, the generations and the decades and the years that basically led up to this corrosion, this erosion of our black consciousness. 
Um, I just was thinking being probably preteen and um, hearing about someone getting killed, you know, it, it, it was like, it was unheard of. It was, it was rare. It was happening, but it was very unlikely that it would be happening in a rate in a despicable rate and an outrageous rate that is happening today. I mean, people are every day, every day constantly. It's not just as night as morning, noon, night, evening, any type of day. People are so arrogant and so brazen um, to carry out now in the city a lot of their violent acts. Um, but just when I was like a preteen and people would get killed, it was shocking. Um, people would get killed. We would mourn. It was shocking. It was it was very like unheard of. But today it's sad because like I was acknowledging if it's not someone in my family or someone that I'm connected to who I think as family, then it's someone else that I know or it's their family or whatever that's being connected. Um, and for the life of me, as precious as life is, um, I at first could not understand it, but you touch on a lot of the issues or a lot of the means, you know, the causes um, to how we got to here and having this mentality. Um, and you were saying some of the principles of the race first was one black consciousness. Um, I looked over some of it, it was black economics and everything else like that. Um, the topic of the show is love thyself or what else. And my thing is with all of this going on, and with even me being able to acknowledge it, you've been able to acknowledge it and screw it out. You're not the only one, Bob and Hotep. You know this. You know your people, um, they have that same mentality to want to lift us up and want to do better. Um, it's so many different organizations, um, including yours, that you know you're the head of and you're running, um, that are here in the community. Um, but those one of the issues, too, that even the positive organizations that are here to do that and to push that forward sometimes are not on the same accord either because we talked about that connection and us having that 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 mindset and that outlook on our brothers and sisters as if we are enemies and competition. And you're right. The things that we wake up to, you know, everyone is so angry. Things is going on, you know, our mentality. Um, I fall in it sometimes myself, um, Baba, and I have to check myself um, and give myself affirmations that, you know, some things in my feelings and stuff are temperature. But you're right. You know, a lot of times when I'm walking around in the city, I'm trying to be as pleasant, show everyone that love, give out that energy. Um, and of course, use my platform right here on that. You better live. You better live because there's so much going on and it's more to life than just dying. Um but with all of that being said, and with all of us knowing this and seeing what is going on, why do you think that we still have this selective outrage and not to do more when it comes to us? What is stopping us with all this going on? Because it's been going on for generations. Some of the things that we face as people, you know, police brutality, these murders now. So we are killing ourselves. And if we're not killing ourselves physically, we in in a way, are, are doing it emotionally, mentally, spiritually. So what is the reluctancy? And us knowing all of this, what do you think, Baba, is the, Hotel, is the reluctancy of people to, one, acknowledge this and try to do better for ourselves? What stops us? Aside from, okay, we, we know what's been plagued on us as a people, but right here, right now in 2022 in our city, what is stopping us? What do you feel is some of the biggest things that are stopping us from getting in? So your question, 
it would have to be answered on multiple levels. For the first level, in terms of the everyday folk, the street people, um, what's stopping is that they have actually adopted the mentality. Like, all behavior comes from a mentality. It's a mindset. There is no behavior separate from thought. So what have happened to a lot of our people is that we accept the behavior because we too think the same way. Like the brother who pulled the trigger yesterday, mm. the person who have not pulled the trigger yet, he also think that way. He just have not been confronted with a situation that requires him to pull the trigger yet. Mm. So we, 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 we are walking around staring in the same thought process. Some of us are just acting out on it quicker than others, for the most part. Now, that's at the basic level. Now, the other level, the people that go to work every day, the people that do see it and still have a reluctancy, because the people that go to work every day, most of them are only concerned with figuring out how they're going to pay their next bill. Oh, say it. <laughs> the only concern I'm trying to figure out, how can I pay my next bill? I am not concerned with all this other stuff that's taking place. But that's the nature of capitalism. See, capitalism, what it does, it erodes the humanity of the people that's partaking in the system. The longer we partake in this capitalistic system, the more we are going to lose our humanity. Our human sensibilities will be lost. Our human connectivity will be totally disconnected. Right now, people only try to make money. Even the ones, for the most part, that's out there in those streets that's backwards as hell, trying to make a dollar some kind of way, right? Because of the nature of the system. So if we're going to truly attack what's happening, it has to be attacked on multiple levels. Mm. What, what society is doing is they're totally victimizing the people that's caught up in the rat race that's on the ground. Now we're not, I'm not trying to excuse any behavior, but the rat race that's on the ground is also connected to corporate yeah. America, it's connected to the justice system, it's connected to the courts, it's all connected, it's connected to the mayor's office. Because the mayor can do more than yeah. what he's doing. Yes, he can. Right? Not even I'm saying any single mayor that's in that position possesses the power to do more than what they do. It's a matter of being willing to do, will not do. You can do it because at the end of the day, he runs the city. It's his city. He can run this city how he sees fit within the, within the bounds of the law. There's more can be done, right? You, you, you can't tell, I'll give an example. What I mean is this. In the lower part of Park Heights, I'm talking about from Park, from from Cold Spring all the way down to Park Circle. Rice's Town Road to Green Thing Avenue. That's a huge eye. There's not a single school. Dr. Martin Luther King, the school I went to, is closed down in the city. It's about to put it up to let people bid for it to do whatever they want to do with the building. Now you got this whole building. Expansive area of children that has to get to some type of school. So now they have to travel into an area where they're not from. And that's why we get a lot, we got a lot of beefs. Because how the city 
set up this redistricting, redistricting, and they have people traveling into these different schools and these different areas. We know Baltimore is tribal. We know Baltimore is based in communities and sets like that. It always been that way. When you got us crossing over and going over, it creates problems. Yes. So to get to really answer the question, um, nothing is really going to change um, if we wait for these people in levels of power. They are not going to jeopardize their livelihood to save Black people. They don't love us that much. Even those who look like us don't love ourselves enough to go all out to save Black lives, right? Our babies are dying. And we know they're dying at a rapid rate. It should be, like Sister Soldier said 30 years ago, you know what I'm saying? It should be um, an uproar. This couldn't happen in any other community at this rate. Now, I'm not even talking about who's perpetrating. The fact that our children are dying is a problem. And how can you, as a black black woman, be at the head of the city and don't declare a state of an emergency and make every agency in every department, you know what I'm saying, focus on saving this black community? Yeah. And, and don't give a damn what anybody say about it because it's your people that's dying in your city on your watch. Yes. Woo. Couldn't have said it no better myself, no better myself. Um, last week, I touched on that a little bit when um, the city was visited by the governor um, and some things that they was putting forth to um, make other communities safer because of some crime issues that been going on down in there, like Little Italy, um, things of that nature, the, the 500000 that was awarded um, straight to... Um, you know, that community for their outroar um, and their outrage um, on what was happening down in that area. But those very things that's happening down in that community, I made the point to bring that up as to say, um, was kind of like um, the thoughts of, you know, Emmett Till mom had when she said, you know, when something was happening right, you know, down south and they were still residing somewhere else, it really didn't hit her as if it was her problem and her issue. Um, and that was the point of me bringing it up to like, you know, our, our neighbors in Little Italy and everything else like that. And I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. Um, it seems as if soon as something is affecting them, that's not us, then they get the moving. They, they get the moving. And, and, and Mayor Brandon Scott made a comment saying that we as Baltimoreans understand that is the culture and to address things like this would take time. Um, but that's my thing, how much time? Even when I think about some things about the school system and our kids going back to school, um, this being the first week of school in that system, Baba and Motep, and still not having any air conditioning, school getting out half a day already um, for no air conditioners, um, um, which is absurd to me. Like, so when if not now then when this stuff has been going on for too long and you're absolutely right um i know many of people who probably voted for him and other people that we've had in there to do just that to make a difference and to make a change and there's a lot of people that are on that level that do a lot of talking but you don't see them doing the walking (laughs) 
So I just acknowledge, you know, and, and basically say I agree with everything you're saying. Um, a lot of times those are my sentiments exactly. Um, I just came, you know, just resigned <laughs> from a job that I've been with for 13 years. And I was working on a project that was contracted through the mayor's office. Um, and I always say sometimes um, partnerships are important in connecting and when we do get that opportunity to connect. Um, but I was very disappointed that the very people um, that you reach out to to support, you know, the city on some of these initiatives, um, Mayor Brandon Scott on his initiative to uh, address this crime, that those entities within that system um, that he has working on those initiatives, the Baltimore Police Department, the state's attorney office or whatever, they don't listen to the people <laughs> who are there really to do the work. Um, you're right, everything is just like, you know, set up like a, this is the default way. This is the way that it needs to be done. Um, and they're so worried about controversy and the politics of it all um, versus the people. So here we kind of, we understand that has been the culture, but we don't agree with that being a culture. Um, of these rapid deaths and everything about people. And that's what I'm saying, like, who, what, what do we, what do we do? What do we do? I'm tired of waking up. I'm tired of hearing about um, family, brothers and sisters. You're right. Kids are losing their lives, using their lives. Um, I just know I was reading um, someone lost their life recently up by on Morgan property, shot in the, in the head. Um, it just was a, a, a brazen, um drive by while some some people came and shot up um some people who were up park heights um and the, i know that that is a community that mayor brandon scott comes from so he is aware of the plagues and everything else like that and yes the schools and everything else like that i agree with that as well um the way they disperse us um having to travel alone to these schools and get to these schools very far from their home is very dangerous um, for our children. I'm one where my daughter's in middle school. I wouldn't dare let her drive on uh, public transportation to or from school because this is just always something. This is always something. Um, so even with that being said, we just will talk. Why? Why do you think? Oh, well, you already said that it's basically politics over people. Um, Brandon Scott, we know that he could be doing more, um, but he's not. And we can't wait on them. We cannot wait on them. And that's why I am, you know, grateful that you started the initiative, the movement on race first to try to get us to tone back into some of that. Um, so we yeah. talked about the black consciousness. Can you tell us what are some of the other um, concepts of this movement? When y'all will be doing something else? How people will get, you know, more information? What, what, what are your plans? Um, and not waiting for our city and government officials who we know can do more. Um, how can we get connected to rates first who is who knows that and is saying the time is now. It's been, but right now this is what we're doing and you should jump on board. So um, great question. So, so, so race first, like I said, the first test was black consciousness. Um, and then after Black consciousness is Black pride. And the reason why Black pride is there because we've lost the love for self. We've lost the pride in self. We've lost the, um, the, the glory 
we once had was just being black, you know, um, and that's because we live in a society that have systematically attacked us and made us believe that we were being attacked because we were black. We even say it sometimes, and I say the logic is off. You know, we may say something like, well, they only shot her or beat her or beat him or shot him because he was black. If that was a white person, they wouldn't have done that. Um, most of us say that, and, and I get what we mean, but listen to the logic. We are saying that a, a, a wrong had been perpetrated because you were black. It implies that black is problematic, and they have made us think that way for so long. You no, know, all the injustice that we have received, it had nothing to do with us being black. It was all because they were who they are. Simple as that. It was in their spirit, in their heart, in their mind. It was their thoughts that drove them to do what they did. It had nothing to do with us being who we are. And so because we have been subjected to so much of their hatred and terrorism, we've lost the type of glory in ourselves. We don't see us as being this strong, beautiful, um, radiant yeah. people that we once were. So black pride is necessary because once that pride is rekindled, in us, we're not going to just tolerate bullcrap. We're not going to go for anything. We're not going to sit down while you're running over top of us. We're not going to allow you to explore us. We're not going to allow us, you to sell us a dream and never show up. Once the pride is there, we're going to stand up. So that's what a black pride is very essential for the work that we do. Historically, when you look at us as a people, whenever we have made significant leaps and bounds, as a group of people, not these little individual successes that we confuse with um, collective progress. There's a difference. There is individual success, but individual success is no indication of collective progress. Okay. But when we look at collective progress, it surrounds those points in our history when we totally embrace who we were the Black Power Movement, the Harlem Renaissance, Marcus Garvey. You can go back. All of that, you know what I'm saying? Even in the 1800s, David Walker's appeal, Debbie Holly ain't gone up. When it was like, man, yo, we black, we Africans, equate that. It was when we started doing that, we made leaps and bounds and we changed and we transformed things. So we had to get back. That's very important. Yes. Yes, yes. I'm going over here to some of the comments for a little bit. Um, a good brother, Nate, um, the host of the Artist Exchange, my brother on Be Exposed Radio made some comments. Um, when we were talking about um, the schools, he just was making a comment that the school is now um, a real estate business. It's all about money. Um, like how you were saying, there's a school up there that's for sale. Um, and basically just saying the school system is trash from the top down. And we understand a lot of our systems are definitely trash. It's definitely some things um, that need to be looked back at and um Re, re reestablished, um, let alone um, taken out, basically, need to be revised. I don't understand how so many of these systems that we know started at a time where it was more, not saying more apparent, but when we knew or it was more comfortable um, for the others who were against Black folks 
the set down, the set upon us on things that they know that will hold us back, like the justice system, the school system, you know, and so they didn't want us to learn anything, the justice system, the mass incarceration. Um, so a lot of these things that are within these systems and the way that they operate were already set up to be against us from the start. And a lot of these entities are very reluctant to change anything about themselves, to change anything about themselves, let alone want change for us. Um, he also had made a comment and was saying, what can the mayor do if the people that live there currently will not talk to the police when there is a problem? So I think he- can I, ask, can I address that? Yes, yes. Because that question comes up a lot. Yes. It, it, com it comes up a lot. And I think what's, what's, what's missing is that there is no relation. See, the word, the word police literally means to maintain a type of order. Like, so that, what we call the police department is an actual institution. It's a part of the state. So the individuals who are hired, they are actually doing the bidding of the state. And most of that institution has hurt the community. So I'm gonna give a perfect example. I'm gonna use myself. I was shooting dice people. It was a while ago. I was younger, probably like 19. I was just shooting dice. Police came, I ran. I just so happened to run through an alley. No one was in the alleys. I ran through the alley and I called myself hiding in some bushes. And when the police then cut me off, they came, they chased me in the alley, and the car went around and met me at the, 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 the bottom of the alley. And this is what they say. They say, shoot that nigga. Mm. And it just so happened that a old man was on his back porch. He said, y'all better not hurt that boy. Mm. That's one instance. I'm gonna tell you another instance. I was on my front porch, because I live on Shirley Avenue. I was on my front porch and the police came past and he, he drove past and he said, what are y'all doing? We didn't respond to him. We just sat on my front porch. He put his car in park. He was angry, he was mad. He got out of his car. Me and my brother, we, we proceeded to go in the house, shut the door. My mother had a door, a, a, a glass door with all the, a bunch of glass on it. This police took it upon himself to break the glass, stick his hand inside the door, and proceed to open the door. My, my mother had to run down the steps and address him. Now, there was, there's, there's two instances, but I can go on. So this institution has violated its privilege in the community. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, um, they, people are justified for not talking. I'm not saying that, anything like that. I'm saying that the reason why most of the people don't work with the police is because they have seen them doing something treacherous. Mm. And so and it's, until the mayor, right, get the get the carriage to deal with the police and have that commissioner, have those police officers go in the community and build relationships because that's what it's supposed to be. If they don't have a relationship, it's not going to work. So there is no relationship. The, the police is viewed as a combined force, an oppressive force within the black community. So they're never going to get the type of cooperation that they need. And we cannot blame the people for that. The police department created that. Right. Created that. So right. Brandon Scott, if he want to be like I said, he's the mayor. 
He had the last say. So as a man, as a leader, you must be willing to do things that are not popular for the people. He does not do anything that's not popular. He's doing everything that's worked with the powers that be. You got to push against that. Look at Mali and Biden. And even after Mali and Biden got locked up for his, his scandal, they still voted him back in. Because yeah. he always put the people out there first. He did for the people. This mayor here, and the mayor before this mayor, and the mayor before that mayor, they ain't oh. doing nothing for us. Nothing. Nothing. Well, they have block parties and they have events. We talked about that a little bit uh, last week on this event that's coming down, Charm City Live or something that the mayor is planning to have on a war memorial um, front lawn down there. Um, in front of City Hall, bringing um, baby face Kelly Price and all them here. Um, some people are already here and saying, oh, no, I'm not going. I'm not going. Not at all. Um, and everything else like that. Uh, but going back over to my comments, um, they were saying now some of those incidents sound like complaints. Um, how were they followed up on? And that probably was some of the things far as with you. Um, when they were saying, you know, you were being harassed by the um, police. But before you even comment, I can just share that I've had some of the same instances myself. It's not ironic that you bring up your experience because I also elaborated on that as well on my last show. And just also remembering um, when I was young and the police harassing my family and kicking on the door and everything else like that. Yes, we did certain things back then to try to um inform them of what was going on and i guess like get some type of i guess internal investigation going but we all know here in baltimore city a lot of our complaints about how we were being mistreated were being ignored they very very much were being ignored um so even in an instance like you said we don't have a relationship with the police so many people have been hurt have been um devastated in some type of way you know i've had situations been pulled off the police curse me and everything else i say they never approach a a, a situation with the right energy from the jump by the m hotel i always say that um so yes i've had my experiences in self and i know from my experiences i've tried to reach out in different ways to report different um offices um but nothing was ever done um we know now they came here after the the tragic death and killing of um, brother Freddie Gray. They came here, a lot of things were let out about the um, the drug gun task force and everything else like that. They came up with a, a, a consent degree to do certain stuff when it came to us, um, but nothing seems to really be getting done. It looks like we have a phone call because the phone lines are open. I think everybody who's already making the comments, thank you, Baba M. Hotep. We're going to go ahead and take this call and let them join in on the discussion and see um, what they had to say about what we was always talk already talking about. Because, you know, it's your, our views, your news. So, caller, 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 caller. Hey, hey, yeah. hey, hey. I, uh, I, I didn't want to write a book in your comment section, but That's I okay. understand what you and what the brother is saying. However... Uh, one complaint is a drop in a bucket, but if everybody in that neighborhood would complain, they wouldn't have a choice but to. The reason that Little Italy or Hamden don't have the problems that a Park Heights or 
uh, uh, Pigtown has. It's the reason for that is because they complain and they complain in numbers and they active in their neighborhood associations and they do something. Complaining and then putting everything on Mayor Brandon Scott or our state's attorney who y'all did not vote for, who y'all about to feel what she actually was doing for the community when this okay. new man is born in or if he wins, one of those new people come in. But we got to stop complaining and be proactive. The mayor can only be as great as his constituents. We are his constituents. We are the people that fuel that. So if you don't participate, then there's nothing you can say. And the reason a lot don't happen in Park Heights is because the majority of the people uh, don't vote in that community. Or they're not they're not supplying or coming to none of the neighborhood associations. Now I know y'all have an active one, but when I went to a couple of them, it, it, it was not the majority of that community there. Most of the people there were people who wanted to develop in that neighborhood, which takes away the people who actually live their votes, their homes. So we got to stop complaining about what Brandon isn't doing and what this politician isn't doing if you're not showing up to the. The, the meetings, or if you're not making your voice heard, or making numbers happen. They listen to numbers, and if it's only one person complaining, that's not numbers to them, unfortunately. But yeah, I agree with both of you, but we have to do our part as well. We can't blame everything on Brandon Scott, who's just one person. He knows what's going on in that community, but if the community isn't speaking up for itself, what can he say? What can he do? Y'all not showing up? Y'all not showing up? So my position is this. Thank y'all for having the show tonight. No, no problem. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your thoughts. Um, definitely on that manner. Um, I can just begin to say, I think, you know, we were talking about it too from a standpoint that say collectively Baltimoreans. And I get um kind of, you know, I guess rallying behind our mayor and wanting um to do things, I guess, to try to give them that push to speak up for us. I do agree um, that we already talked bases on that, that not enough of us come together and be outraged um, to make it known on what's going on. But at the same time of having this brother of Mayor Brandon Scott and not blaming him, but just basically saying what it is, like you are the mm -hmm. mayor. So rather you have people who are, um, as the caller said, you know, backing certain things and coming to certain things. Yes, that definitely is necessary because one person cannot do it by itself. Um, but also, I believe that when you are in a position to do just that, you know, you, 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 um, you went up for this seat. You went up to be the mayor. So with him knowing the crime that exists, he is well aware also of the support that may lack when you're in that office. You get what I'm saying? As we know, support lacks amongst us in the community. So with him knowing all that and taking that seat, um, my position and how I feel um, is if you, you know, you express Baba M. Hotep is that he could be doing more. So yes, I acknowledge we could be doing more too, but him being the mayor, it, it yes, he could be doing more right now in his position to address um, a lot of these things, and especially the murder, and especially how we were talking about the relationship with the police. Um, when they are in the community, it's not in an effort to regain or sustain a positive relationship with its community members, 
with its civilians. Um, it's always in that regard to um, just police and, and simply do that and not really, it doesn't feel like a, a, a connection to be there um, with the people or, you know, develop those relationships where people do feel comfortable and, and complaining and, and coming together. Because sometimes even when we do that, it's looked in because of who we are. You know, some people can sometimes protest peacefully, do different things um, peacefully. But when it comes to our display of black power and wanting to do those type of things and come together, um, not only are we viewed individually as a problem, a lot of our organizations that we come together and trying to do this or when we do get together collectively as a community and do something, it's switched around as if we are the problem when we are trying to march towards solutions. Um, so I agree with you as well, Carla, that yes, our people, our neighborhoods, we have to do more. We do. We do have to do more. Um, but also, just like I said, with, with top stat is that that's why I complain <laughs> about the job that Brandon Man Scott is. It's still much love and light to the brother. Um, but um, just like with my platform, I'm trying to bring some, some positivity and some acknowledgement. We can't negate from the fact that he is there in a position to be mayor to get a hold and a structure and an order on some of this stuff. And you cannot keep just blaming the people when you did your whole campaign talking about your crime fighting initiative and things that you would do. And now when the time comes for you to do some of those things, I don't think enough effort has been put in on the short-term goals to get to the long-term one. I just tried. I tried my hardest to hold my tongue. Go ahead. Don't short. hold it. <laughs> that's the, that's the voice in the sky. That's money. Go ahead. Don't hold it. You know we like to talk about it. Let me get your view on it, Marty. <laughs> I really do think this is a great conversation. Y'all have, I mean, y'all talking about some great points, and, and especially the caller and uh, Brother Himatat. I, uh, but it is, it, it, I, I hate that we always bypass the fact that this is not just a mayor city. This is a city of citizens. And you people, saying the citizens, are responsible for your own actions. And we don't like to take responsibility for the fact that we are the cause for why this city is the way it is. We can't put that on the mayor. He cannot be your mother, father, sister, grandmother, and grandfather when your response, when your actions are the cause of this city's downfall. That's all I wanted to say. Now y'all can see it. Thank, thank, okay. thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. Let me, you know, um, yes. <laughs> let me address it like this. Because I, 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 I oftentimes hear these arguments. The first thing I want to say is this for those that may be listening is that my critique of Brandon Scott would be the same critique if it was Sheila Dixon, um, Catherine Pugh, if it was um, Selfie Blake, if it was any of them. This is my critique. My critique is that the only way change is going to occur, because at the end of the day, it is on the leadership's watch. If the leadership is afraid to do something different, there can be no significant change. That part. Now, so what, what's the I'm different? Saying, what's the different that you want him to do? What what, what I, different can he do? I'm gonna tell you. 
What's, what's the difference? I'm tell you right now. The same way, the same way that white boy Trump sat in office and pretty much made it his business to try to undo everything he thought Barack Obama done, but he did it. It showed that I got the power to do what I want to do. What I'm saying is this, right? Inside this, inside our city, the resources, and I know this because I've been doing work in the city for almost 20 years. The resources don't always get to where they need to get you. Like I'm talking about like that building. I'm no fan of Baltimore City Public School. That's why I'm opening my own school up anyway in 2010. But like I, I was, I used that building as an example. That building is going up for an, RF, an RFP. And the people who know about it are not the people that's in that community in Park Heights. Now, but that building, the, the mayor can do with that building what he wants. He do have the power to do this. So you're going to put it up for RFP. You're going to let some big typical chances are some white organization going to come along and get the building and operate it in such a way in, in a, in a the predominantly black community that's not going to work in their interest. I'm saying this. I'm saying that some of the moves that the mayor, not necessarily planned it, but any mayor that's black, I'm saying that some of the moves they're going to have to make is going to have to be something wild. Not necessarily anything that's illegal, but it can't be the same type of stuff because we see that it's in effect. Case in point, like he got, the, what he got? He got the violence um, reduction initiative out yeah. there, right? That's what he got out there, a violence reduction initiative. But by me being in the community and being in the community and doing the work and just talking to people, Brandon having pulled together he haven't pulled together in any capacity any of the true shot callers that could regulate some of the violence. That's a radical move. Who are those individuals? Who are those individuals? Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me, yeah. follow, me, follow me for a second. I'm trying to help you understand what I'm saying when I say doing something different. I'm saying that he can put together a task force that can connect with each community because all communities has, you know, people in it and know something. He can connect with certain communities and he can get, he could reach certain people that need to be reached and bring them to the table and have some type of conversation. I I'm saying, it, I'm I saying it has to be something different. It has to be something on different. Premise, on that, that premise right there. I have a question on that though. Yes. So are you saying when you say these shot callers, these people that know these people that are made that may be destroying this city? And I can example. I'm going to use myself. No, let me use myself. So my, my birth name is Antoine Terrain. That's mm. my birth name, Antoine Terrain. So you can you can look me up. So in Park Heights, I, I'm one of those shot cars. I was a duct tape bandit in the 90s. Mm. So I still know what's going on in Park Heights. Right. Right? That's what I'm saying. You got people like me that's here. Well, hear yeah, me out. What I'm saying is, Brandon, I'm saying you got multiple people like me yeah. that mm -hmm. know those people in those communities. Right? right? But because Resources aren't reaching the people that can reach the people. It's a breakdown. I'm saying that me and Brandon never had a conversation mm -hmm. at all. And it's, and it's multiple people like me that's around the city. We have to be brought into the conversation. Right, right. And that was one of the points that I was making, Baba and Motep, when well, I was saying that I just now left. 
Hold on one minute, minute Carla. I do appreciate y'all. That was me. That was me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And my call is still, you know, up in this comments, definitely making this conversation more interesting and keeping it going because it is some information. Um, and just like I said, it's a, a blessing to always come uh, uh, um, together and be able to, you know, have these type of opinions and these um, thoughts and be able to share them. Um, but that was one of the things that I was touching um, key on and me just leaving that initiative right there that you mentioned. Um, what was that initiative? Um, and the thought of it is right. Um, and just like how you were saying that enough, uh, not enough of the people who I know, you know, like I felt like I was doing my due diligence um, when I was involved in far as like the hiring of the staff to bring people in who I know had some type of influence uh, who were from, you know, the community, from that life, um, a prominent in these communities. So I reached out to those people to say, hey, um, even though, you know, they had some issues in the past with law and everything else like that, but to say, hey, this is the initiative, um, it's to combat against um, gun violence, which they later changed to group violence because um, all violence here isn't always connected to gun, even though that's kind of our, our prominent, you know, issue when it does come to violence, um, but reached out to these individuals, look, this is what we're doing. Um, we, you know, you need to get on board. And it was just that a lot of them people did. They came um, just like the other organization we have here where they try to do it um, within the safe streets um, as well. But my point, too, is even with working with these organizations, like how you said, when we got there and everything was at the table, um, it was no listening to those. How you mentioned you didn't have a conversation. I never I felt as. Um, being the head of, you know, the, the people that are responsible to carry this initiative out in that program, um, why wouldn't you? You know, we communicated sometimes with the mayor's office, but never really had a, a, a conversation with the mayor, being able to share our opinions. And in a lot of those rooms, um, when we would meet up with the mayor's office, with the state's attorney, that was my point that a lot of our opinions and our views on what some of the issues were or how we felt it could make that initiative better were not heard. They, they were not heard. You know, it was like they already had an outline based on um, things or based on what they gathered from, you know, other cities who have already pushed, you know, these certain initiatives out on the crime reduction. Um, but they wasn't listening to us. They was they wasn't listening to us. And that initiative did start right here in the Western District um, of West Baltimore. And numbers and stuff are coming down when it comes to fatal shootings and non-fatals. And I gave um, kudos kudos to that team that I left because I know a lot of it um, does have to do with some of the work that they're doing um, behind the scenes, and a lot of it that's not um, being reported. Um, so yes, I was right in the middle of that, um, Baba M Hotep. Me and you got to talk one time, you know, just on a, 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 on a level. And I just was telling you what some of my issues and concerns were with being on that product. And I was kind of like not burned out from helping my people, but kind of burned out and kind of, you know, disappointed and being connected or having this opportunity, what I felt was a great opportunity. Yet when I'm connected to this and I, and I felt like I was there, you know, destined 
to be here as the assistant director on this thing, but I just didn't feel like um, what it originally supposed to have been, that it was moving to that. I just felt like it was no difference. It was like that same old thing. Like there's a whole bunch of talking, whatever politically looks good. We're going to get out of here, get out here. We're going to have a bunch of community block parties. Yes, our staff is going to work with these individuals. Um, but the real work, like you said, the partnership between the relationship between the police, between its community members um, at no time, because I always acknowledge, yeah, it's up to us. Um, and, and again, that's why I had brought you on, this, on, the, um, on the show, because this race first movement, which, with, um, what you're doing here in the city, I think that is a blessing with a lot of the other organizations, you know, that we have out here. But this one alone that speaks to the Black people in our Black community and getting back to that mentality and that love for thyself um, with all of this stuff going on, because this is a discussion, you know, we talking about it on here, but this is one of those discussions that you can go anywhere <laughs> and talk about, and it'll be an ongoing conversation, and people from different arenas are going to have their different um, concepts, or their different perspectives, and different facts, and different information or opinion on what they can show, um, I mean, what they can speak on about it, um, but that's just one of the, one of those things too. That even with those different opinions, those are still some things that stopped us from coming together effectively um, as we should. You yeah. know, that's that's just that's my thought on it. And you know, far as us loving ourselves, uh, loving our communities, loving all of that, we got to do it together. So no, by no uh, no means is uh, the Empress uh, Chancellor Lady Kate Mix putting it all on the mayor. Um, but again, I feel like more can be done at that level. And the same so for us. I think that as a people, we could be doing more in our own communities, but a lot of us fall back into this feeling of um, we're so used to what is happening that we kind of get complacent and we we normalize it. We normalize all of this destructive stuff that's going on, we normalize it. We normalize it. What you think, Bob and Hotep? Because you already spoke on this, though, on how yes, we. I, I agree, and I want to also be clear for the for the listeners is that I'm very clear that I don't believe or think that any single mayor can change this. And I know that what Brandon is dealing with, you know, what I'm saying predates yeah. Brandon. I'm very clear about that, so I'm not. <laughs> I, I I don't do no blaming at all. That's why I do all the work that I do. I don't. I'm, I'm not blaming. Um, but I do make critiques and have conversations. Now, um, if a person never used heroin at all, it's very hard to understand why a heroin addict does the things that they do. Yeah. It's very hard to, hard to understand. You never used heroin before. Never, you know, you never shot heroin in your arm. You never was addicted to it. You never was controlled by that, that substance. Kind of hard to understand why they do what they do at times. You can kind of try to figure it out, but you don't really get the the thinking behind the drug use. And oftentimes what we can do is we can stand off to the side and we use um, our current mentality to make an assessment of someone that's dealing with something. And I say that to talk about the brothers and sisters that are in the streets. You know, oftentimes dealing with the brothers and sisters that's in the streets, we need to understand the mentality that's driving that. You know, um, 
So they ain't always, you know, as simple as it sounds, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, why they just going to community? Why are they doing this? So won't they just do this right here? Um, yes. I'm sorry, Baba and which name got to press on to the um, president. But please, 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 please. I'm going to share um, Baba M. Hotel's um, information in the chat, guys. If you was watching, please like, comment and share all the time. Every Thursday, seven to nine, we will be back. And you know, I always say it. You better live. Watch and see what that president got to say. And let's talk about it next week. Thank you again, Baba has oh, ever you. known with three simple words we the people we the people these two documents and the ideas they embody equality and democracy are the rock upon which this nation is built they're how we became the greatest nation on earth they're why for more than two centuries America has been a beacon to the world. But as I stand here tonight, equality and democracy are under assault. We do ourselves no favor to pretend otherwise. So tonight, I've come to this place where it all began to speak as plainly as I can to the nation about the threats we face about the power we have in our own hands to meet these threats and about the incredible future that lies in front of us if only we choose it. We must never forget, we the people are the true heirs of the American experiment that began more than two centuries ago. We the people have burning inside of each of us the flame of liberty that was lit here at Independence Hall. A flame that lit our way through abolition, the Civil War, suffrage, the Great Depression, world wars, civil rights. That sacred flame still burns. Now in our time, as we build an America that is more prosperous, free and just. That is the work of my presidency, a mission I believe in with my whole soul. But first, we must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. <clears throat> not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. These are hard things. But I'm an American president, not a president of red America, blue America, but of all America. And I believe it's my duty, my duty to love with you, to tell the truth, no matter how difficult, 
no matter how painful. And here, in my view, is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. They look at the mob that stormed the United States Capitol on January 6th, brutally attacking law enforcement, not as insurrectionists who placed a dagger at the throat of our democracy, but they look at them as patriots. They see their MAGA failure to stop a peaceful transfer of power after the 2020 election as preparation for the 2022 and 2024 elections. They tried everything last time to nullify the votes of 81 million people. This time, they're determined to succeed in thwarting the will of the people. That's why respected conservatives like Federal Circuit Court Judge Michael Ludwig has called Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans quote, a clear and present danger to our democracy. But while the threat to American democracy is real, I want to say as clearly as we can, we are not powerless in the face of these threats. We are not bystanders in this ongoing attack on democracy. There are far more Americans, far more Americans, from every, from every background of belief to reject the extreme MAGA ideology than those that accept it. And folks, it's within our power, it's in our hands, yours and mine, to stop the assault on American democracy. I believe America is at an inflection point, one of those moments that determine the shape of everything that's to come after. And now, America must choose to move forward or to move backwards, to build a future or obsess about the past, to be a nation of hope and unity and optimism, or a nation of fear, division, and of darkness. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. But together, together, we can choose a different path. We can choose a better path forward to the future, a future of possibility, a future to build and dream and hope. And we're on that path moving ahead. I know this nation. I know you, the American people. 
I know your courage. I know your hearts. And I know our history. This is a nation that honors our Constitution. We do not reject it. This is a nation that believes in the rule of law. We do not repudiate it. <clears throat> this is a nation that respects free and fair elections. We honor the will of the people. We do not deny it. And this is a nation that rejects violence as a political tool. We do not encourage violence. We are still an America that believes in honesty and decency and respect for others. Patriotism, liberty, justice for all, hope, possibilities. We are still at our core a democracy. And yet, history tells us the blind loyalty to a single leader and a willingness to engage in political violence is fatal to democracy. For a long time, we told ourselves that American democracy is guaranteed, but it's not. We have to defend it, protect it, stand up for it, each and every one of us. That's why tonight, I'm asking our nation to come together, unite behind the single purpose of defending our democracy, regardless of your ideology. We're all called by duty and conscience to confront extremists who put their own pursuit of power above all else. Democrats, independents, mainstream Republicans, we must be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving American democracy than MAGA Republicans are to destroying American democracy. We, the people, will not let anyone or anything tear us apart. Today, there are dangers around us we cannot allow to prevail. We here, you've heard it, more and more talk about violence as an acceptable political tool in this country. It's not. It can never be an acceptable tool. So I want to say this plain and simple. There is no place for political violence in America, period, none, ever. We saw law enforcement brutally attacked on January 6th. We've seen election officials, poll workers, many of them volunteers of both parties, subject to intimidation and death threats. And can you believe it? FBI agents just doing their job as directed, facing threats to their own lives from their own fellow citizens. On top of that, there are public figures today, yesterday, and the day before predicting and all but calling for mass violence and rioting in the streets. This is inflammatory. It's dangerous. It's against the rule of law. And we, the people, must say, this is not who we are. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, we can't be pro-insurrectionists uh, pro pro and pro-American. We're incompatible. We can't allow violence to be normalized in this country. It's wrong. We each have to reject political violence with, with all the moral clarity and conviction this nation can muster. Now, 
We can't let the integrity of our elections be undermined, for that is a path to chaos. Look, I know politics can be fierce and mean and nasty in America. I get it. I believe in the give and take of politics, in disagreement and debate and dissent. We're a big, complicated country. But democracy endures only if we, the people, respect the guardrails of the republic. Only if we, the people, accept the results of free and fair elections. Only if we, the people, see politics not as total war, but mediation of our differences. Democracy cannot survive when one side believes there are only two outcomes to an election. Either they win or they were cheated. And that's where the MAGA Republicans are today. <laughs> they don't understand what every patriotic American knows. You can't love your country only when you win. It's fundamental. American democracy only works only if we choose to respect the rule of law and the institutions that were set up in this chamber behind me. Only if we respect our legitimate political differences. I will not stand by and watch. I will not the will of the American people be overturned by wild conspiracy theories and baseless evidence-free claims of fraud. I will not stand by and watch elections in this country stolen by people who simply refuse to accept that they lost. I will not stand by and watch the most fundamental freedom in this country, the freedom to vote and have your vote counted and be taken from you and the American people. Look, as your president, I will defend our democracy with every fiber of my being, and I'm asking every American to join me. <clears throat> Throughout our history, America has often made the greatest progress coming out of some of our darkest moments, like you're hearing that bullhorn. I believe we can and must do that again. And we are. MAGA Republicans look at America and see carnage and darkness and despair. They spread fear and lies, lies told for profit and power. But I see a different America, an America with an unlimited future, an America that's about to take off. I hope you see it as well. Just look around. I believe we could lift America from the depths of COVID so we passed the largest economic recovery package since Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And today, America's economy is faster, stronger than any other advanced nation in the world. We have more to go. I believe we could build a better America. So we passed the biggest infrastructure investment since President Dwight D. Eisenhower. And we've now embarked on a decade of rebuilding the nation's roads, bridges, highways, ports, water systems, high-speed internet. Railroads. I believe we could make America safer. So we passed the most significant gun safety law since President Clinton. I believe we could go from being the 
highest cost of prescriptions in the world to making prescription drugs and health care more affordable. So we passed the most significant health care reform since President Obama signed the Affordable Care Act. <clears throat> and I believe we create we could create a clean energy future and save the planet. So we passed the most important climate initiative ever, ever, ever. The cynics and the critics tell us nothing can get done, but they're wrong. There is not a single thing America cannot do, not a single thing beyond our capacity if we do it together. It's never easy, but we're proving in America, no matter how long the road, progress does come. Look. I know the last year, a few years have been tough, but today, COVID no longer controls our lives. More Americans are working than ever. Businesses are growing. Our schools are open. Millions of Americans have been lifted out of poverty. Millions of veterans, once exposed to toxic burn pits, will now get what they deserve for their families in the compensation. American manufacturing has come alive across the heartland, and the future will be made in America. No matter what the white supremacists and the extremists say, I made a bet on you, the American people, and that bet is paying off, proving that from darkness, the darkness of Charlottesville, of COVID, of gun violence, of insurrection, we can see the light. Light is now visible. Light that will guide us forward, not only in words, but in actions, actions for you, for your children, for your grandchildren, for America. Even in this moment, with all the challenges we face, I give you my word as a Biden, I've never been more optimistic about America's future. Not because of me, but because of who you are. We're going to end cancer as we know it. Mark my words. We're going to create millions of new jobs in a clean energy economy. We're going to think big. We're going to make the 21st century another American century because the world needs us to. That's where we need to focus our energy, not in the past, not on divisive culture wars, not on the politics of grievance, but on a future we can build together. The MAGA Republicans believe that for them to succeed, everyone else has to fail. They believe America not like I believe about America. I believe America is big enough for all of us to succeed. And that is the nation we're building, the nation where no one is left behind. I ran for president because I believe we're in a battle for the soul of this nation. I still believe that to be true. I believe the soul is the breath, the life, and the essence of who we are. The soul is what makes us us. The soul of America is defined by the sacred proposition that all are created equal in the image of God, that all are entitled to be treated with decency, dignity, and respect, that all deserve justice and a shot at lives of prosperity and consequence, and that democracy, democracy must be defended, for democracy makes all these things possible. Folks.
And it's up to us. Democracy begins and will be preserved in we, the people's habits of the heart, in our character, optimism that is tested yet endures, courage that digs deep when we need it, empathy that fuels democracy, the willingness to see each other not as enemies but as fellow Americans. Look, our democracy is imperfect. It always has been. Notwithstanding those folks you hear on the other side there, they're entitled to be outrageous. This is a democracy. But history and common sense Good manners is nothing they've ever suffered from. But history and common sense tell us that opportunity, liberty, and justice for all are most likely to come to pass in a democracy. We have never fully realized the aspirations of our founding, but every generation has opened those doors a little bit wider to include more people who have been excluded before. My fellow Americans, America is an idea the most powerful idea in the history of the world, and it beats in the hearts of the people of this country. It beats in all our hearts. It unites America. It is the American creed, the idea that America guarantees that everyone be treated with dignity. It gives hate no safe harbor. It installs in everyone the belief that no matter where you start in life, there's nothing you can't achieve. That's who we are. That's what we stand for. That's what we believe. And that's precisely what we're doing. Opening doors, creating possibilities, focusing on the future. And we're only just beginning. Our task is to make our nation free and fair, just and strong, noble and whole. And this work is the work of democracy, the work of this generation. It is the work of our time, for all time. We can't afford to have, leave anyone on the sidelines. We need everyone to do their part. So speak up, speak out, get engaged, vote, vote, vote. And if we do our duty, if we do our duty in 2022 and beyond, and ages still to come will say, we, all of us here, we kept the faith. We preserved democracy. We heeded our worst. We, we heeded not our worst instincts, but our better angels. We, we proved that for all its imperfections, America is still the beacon to the world, an ideal to be realized, a promise to be kept. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred, nothing more American. That's our soul. That's who we truly are. And that's who must, we must always be. I have no doubt, none, that this is who we will be and that we'll come together as a nation that will secure our democracy. That for the next 200 years, we'll have what we had the past 200 years, the greatest nation on the face of the earth, we just need to remember who we are. We are the United States of America, the United States of America. And may God protect our nation 
And may God protect all those who stand watch over our democracy. God bless you all. Democracy. Thank you. Okay, okay, and we back. That Soul of the Nation addressed by President Joe Biden uh, interrupted the show, but it definitely was necessary. It was a discussion. Um, my guest who joined me, Baba Imhotep, give another special, special shout out to him. Thank you so much, Baba, for joining me um, with your, your views, you know, our news, your views. I really appreciate you. Um, it definitely was necessary and all that you shared was embraced, I hope, by all listening. Um, if you want to get in contact with Baba Imhotep, um, his IG account is Baba Imhotep you. Um, so reach out to him for questions in that regard. Who's going to come in here and join me? I just got a notification from my guy. In the sky, I got to think of someone else. <laughs> You're a god, Marty, but I gotta come up with another name. <laughs> um, but yes, the producer of my show, my be exposed family. I told him the other day I adopted him as a mentor with all of this stuff, media, be exposed media, and I just love, love, love the brother. Um, who's going to join me is brother Nate Kowser. We're gonna talk about this soul of the nation address that we just heard. Um, doing the interruption of the show, and let's get it up. And that can be L. What in the world? But you know how we do right here, coming through on you better live, and everything that we bring into you right here is things that you should be living for. Okay, okay. Hey, Nate. Hey. Hey, how are you? So the speech didn't last as long as I thought it would. Um, but what did you get from Anae? Um, I a lot of that stuff is for pomp and circumstance. So I'm not saying that I don't believe any of it. Okay. But it is it is meant to, you know, encourage the the citizens and and keep us encouraged, basically. So I don't really put too much in it because that's on a federal level. 
You know, I'm a person that I know the power and the everyday and the things that affect me directly come on a local level. So those are the the, the community and public addresses that I wait to listen for. Um, what he said was it was a lot of information in terms of um, him helping to further that narrative that Trump is is garbage and the individuals that have supported him uh, should enlighten themselves and really get things back in track because Trump is nothing more than a figurehead for the Republicans that want to take over this country and keep it under their thumb. Um, so I, I think we should not put too much into those addresses and put more emphasis on the things that are happening in our city. The same way we sit and listen to this, we could have went to uh, a meeting uh, at the city council on a Monday um, and, and gotten more pertinent information on what's going on, on in our cities across uh, the country. But that's just my perspective. And, and that's what I feel. And, and, and you know what's going on. Um, I, I was sitting here trying to listen, but yes, I agree. It was basically the same, like some just, you know, encouragement um, mm -hmm. to keep our spirit on as um, American citizens and just um, speaking on, um, because, you know, Trump, they say uh, when in the next election, they, he's he's planning to run. But then with all this stuff that's going on with him, uh, with this raid that recently happened and all that stuff going on with that. Um, and why mm -hmm. he's trying to fight back, you know, and I was very surprised. Well, not really, because there's so many people that just love this guy. Um, in spite so of all the like, look just like you though. Out. Yeah, you know what I was saying someone look just like you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You can say that again. So why we say that Trump is the puppet, you know, for the Republican Party. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people, like you said, need to enlighten themselves because, you know, for the life of me, you know, I don't live for that. I can't see how anybody uh, that look like me alone, and I know the presidency um, does not only deal on me as an African woman or, you know, African woman or African men as a whole, but we have a great presence in that thing because, you know, we always talk about the need to vote and mm -hmm. do certain things, but just with Trump's behavior, like how people, I don't get it. I, I mean, I guess people- Well, a lot of them, a lot of them financially benefited from the pandemic in whatever way that was, a lot of people who feel like uh, he is the one or the truth benefited in some way um, financially during that pandemic or during his tenure as uh, president. And I, it is unfortunate that money uh, sways people, but that's the that's the community and society we live in. Money will always trump, you know, the needs of the community. Okay. So if you got the dollars, you got the power. And when you saying that though, it's so interesting though when you see when you look at the people that you're speaking of, uh, not the higher ups that that would have benefited off of the uh, pandemic. But the lower class of those people, those people are still broke. Right. They didn't benefit whatsoever right. 
mm-hmm. from that. From but that was one of the there. things that I heard him say, though. That was one of the things that I just heard Biden say, the, the millions of people that came out of poverty, and they went right back in as soon as y'all opened up the doors. Yeah, that, exactly. It, it was like, you, they think they came out of poverty. They think he did all of these things for them. But no, you're still broke. You still yeah. live in a trailer. Or you still live oh, in no, a broken down home. Trailer. Oh, yes, trailer. Because, you know, a lot of his push was up there, you know, with a lot of civilians who are, like, in the mining business, you know, those type of mm-hmm. jobs and everything else like that. Like, one of the things that he promised um, was to bring forth, you know, more jobs and different stuff like that for the economy. Um, but just but just the the negativity that Trump just just cast out, my yeah, so, goodness. Because I was listening to uh, the thing, I was writing down words that I, you know, that was sticking out to me. Uh, some of the things he said, like white supremacists, you know, COVID was one of the big ones, infrastructure, the device of culture wars, and then vote. Those are some of the word, the key words that was like sticking out to me. But mm-hmm. then this distinction that he keeps making, and I'm glad he keeps making it because he has to, because he can't put Republicans all in one, bo- one box. So he's mm-hmm. making a distinction where he says he clearly said that MAGA Republicans are a problem mm. and not the mainstream Republicans. That's when he made the distinction between mainstream and MAGA Republicans. But they have to separate themselves, though. They they not, they're trying to play the fence. Exactly. So there was a lot of anger throughout this week from him making that same statement at one of his other um <clears throat> Uh, events where he called uh, the MAGA Republicans, he said, these are the, wor- the words that he said, MAGA Republicans are acting semi-fascist. That's not an incorrect statement, but every Republican, all the, all the talking heads that went on television over the past week have been making it seem like he was talking about all Republicans. And it, it's, it's something about that, you know, uh, one of the common things that we keep talking about here on Big Close Radio is education. And education also includes the fact that you got to keep the word, the meanings behind words that are very clear. That all words have definitions. And when somebody says something, you can't go and make it your own because right. he said it. He already told you what he meant when he said it. So okay. you can't change that around to mean that you're going to put this blanket statement on all Republicans when he did not say that. But well, that's, that's crazy. Right. Even when he right. comes out, even when Biden comes out and just like how you say, money makes statements. Um, and to what we feel he's being exactly clear. When we talk about Trump, a person who comes out and makes all types of statements where and never saying what he's saying. Sentences are complete sentences. Anytime Trump talks, it's never a complete sentence. Yes, and even the statements that he making, he comes out with, right, they be just so offensive. <laughs> he can say anything that he want to say, and then this Republican Party has a way of trying to Reiterate it, I guess, for him to change it around, turn it around, whatever the case may be. Exactly. Just know, know he's doing that on purpose because he comes from a celebrity type of space where you are trained to speak in sound bites, Mm -hmm. so so people can pick up the small messages. He won't talk like a Biden will talk, where you'll actually hear a complete thought come out of his mouth. He won't speak like that because he speaks in sound bites. He speak right. He speaks in those sound bites because he know that's what people gonna pick up on, and you can you can make it sound like anything, right. you know. You can, but it it is it's very unfortunate to me 
that I, and I, I don't expect anything different from other people. I expect a lot from my own people, though. Mm-hmm. And if you are swayed by power and money, it says a lot about your character and who you are. And many people have allowed his bravado, that toxic masculinity, if you will, to be able to sway them and think that that is what power is or that's what being a man is. And it's very toxic. And it's the very people from our community who do that to other people, who who throw rocks and hide their hand. Yes. Or or take on that that whole negative uh, exterior where they're doing dirt to people and don't care who they hurt, buying up properties and don't care who they displacing. We can't keep blaming the other people because mm-hmm. we're now dictating that. Now we were trained to do that and we were, it was pushed down our throat to do it and we realized that's how people of other cultures stay in power but it don't fit us. Mm-hmm. And and to the brother you had on, uh, Brother Hotep that you had on earlier, yeah. I could see the frustration in his face. Mm-hmm. I could see it. I was watching you all while I was talking, and I could see the frustration in his face. But what the individuals like him and myself and you all, uh, what you have to understand is we have to become established. Mm-hmm. We can't wait for the powers to be to come to us or to wisen up. We have to be proactive and go out there and do the things. We can't wait for Biden to do it. Because right, they go right, block right. him the same way they blocked every other Democrat. Right, it's right. Politics. And respectfully, that's what Baba M. Hotap, you know, was saying, you know, mm-hmm. even with his initiative and his movement that he has on the race first. Um, So I got his contact information in my mm-hmm. chat, you know, definitely, because that was one of the prominent points. Like when we see all of this stuff going on, if y'all haven't seen already, that we can't wait for these people. You know what I mean? It's like- one of the things I wanted to say, I'm mad that he's not here because I want to. I, I would like to have his response from it on, on what I'm about to say. Oh. Um, because one of the things that, you know, in the conversation that you guys were having is when he said that um, if Brandon, Brandon Man, the mayor of Baltimore, uh, would have, you know, pulled some people to the table that we could have maybe, you know, did something. Right. But it, it, it kind of makes you complicit. Complicit in the fact that you already have those contacts and haven't used them to make things better on your own without having to involve the mayor. That's what kind of, you know, pisses me off because that's what we were talking about initially is how you, us, we, the citizens, have to be able to hold ourselves responsible for how this city is operating. Because we can't continuously blame the mayor if we're not going to cooperate. Definitely. And, and definitely he is, you know, where I can speak up, you, you know, because um he's not in here, you know, I guess to speak mm-hmm. on that alone, but I, can, oh, I actually would like him to come back I actually would like for him to come back. We, we should have this dialogue with him, but I wanted to get that yeah. out because I meant to, I wanted to try to get that in there, but I knew we was running out of time in the first place. Right, right. So I, I kind of held back. Um, but yeah, but, but we got to understand that we are all complicit if we see things and don't say anything and then expect for this city to be fixed by one person. It's not going to do. He has stuff on his plate. He's already got an agenda that he has to accomplish first before he can add everybody else's stuff to it. Right. But I guess, you know, more and so, um, Monty, one of the, 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 the points that was making that I was trying to make through that was saying is that we do acknowledge that, you know, it doesn't take one person. Um, it's definitely going to take all of us. I guess the point that we were making is that while he is in there, 
Um, it should be more of an effort to do something different, something that has not. But we been, always want somebody else to do something different. Than no, I mean, yeah, if, if, if that person has that position, that's the that's the. No, same but I'm saying I'm saying what, then what we are willing to do because if you right. had those, like, like he was saying, if you had those contacts. Why haven't you used them without having to use the mayor? Why do you need that figurehead to do something about your neighborhood? Right. And well, I think I'm, he was I'm, saying that because he is already moving in that way. I guess, you know, right. you might not know of the brother, but he no, is. No, that's not, not him in particular. Not him in particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Already the other people, people that always yeah, do that kind of thing. In general or whatever. I, like that, but I, I guess, believe he has his initiatives, mm -hmm. but. I'm talking about the others that don't have those initiatives, but always complain about their city and actually right. know their problem people. Right. They know who the because, problem people are. Right. A lot of people, you already know how it is right here. A lot of people don't even speak up on things or want to do things until it directly affects them. Yeah. It's more so trying to speak on to that. Even if it's not happening to you directly, it still is. Uh, it still should be an issue of concern of yours. And that's what is exactly concerning is that it's not. Not enough right. of us are truly concerned and really outraged in what's going on in this city. I mean, you know, we talk about it. Um, you know, we be on social media. We hear about all the incidents. We look at the news, all of our children, everybody who's dying in the city. People kind of, oh, it's sad. Oh, that's my condolences. Yeah, everybody using that state that same. Yeah, and my condolences. Uh, let's pray. And I can think of a couple of um, initiative who had tried to take you know, a step on combating that or addressing that. Um, even though a lot of people didn't agree with him and stuff like uh, the no shoot zones guy that's oh right going crazy lately. <laughs> but I'm glad he took yeah, this but, but that's but a lot example. of those people a lot of those people didn't go along with him because they, they knew who he really was and what he really was doing. They but it, it, it's it's a lot. They made it more about right. They made it right. More about but person. a lot of those people who the who your your uh, previous guests were speaking about those people when they get that that opportunity and many of the people of this city have gotten that opportunity what have they done many of the people who were active speakers and leaders doing Freddie Gray where are they now yeah where are they now they've all gotten their resume together and they wouldn't got the bag that's where they are right now. Or they move on to bigger platforms and they forget the messaging that got them there. That's why often leaders don't go to the everyday citizen to do it. Because once the problem has looked like it was solved or once people have taken a deep breath, it's over. You know, and a lot of those people who were leaders of a beautiful struggle and a lot of those individuals, where are they now? 300 black men, and I'm not disputing any of them because they're all still doing what they're doing in their own way. But where are they? Yeah, you know, it's are they still speaking for us? Yes, there's just too many organizations here alone that I, you know, that I know about. Um, for it not to be more of a thing, you know what I mean? But that's the problem. People get that notoriety and that, that local fame, and that's it. That's it. Even with and I and I love the sisters that have created it, but even the ceasefire. Yeah, it just felt like it was just another initiative. And Brandon Scott has supported all of them. That's those are the people that got him in. Those are the very people that were campaigning for him. And I'm not disputing any of it. I'm just saying when you get that type of pull in the city, do something with it. 
But yeah. we have too many people who use it as a resume builder or just a clout foundation where they get the fame and then they begin to bring in their own intentions and they become just like the politicians that we speak about. So we can't keep saying, well, there are people in the city and I get what the brother was saying. I, I get what he was saying about himself personally, but that was a blanket statement that he made because many of those people have, may have been calling, but they certainly won't be chosen because of what they represent. And people have been able to see them. That's why the community, they may support them on, on the, the entertainment side, but they're That's not going to say Sometimes in whatever we're doing, you know what I mean? Um, and right. whatever we're doing, people will think or, you know, here they'll judge you. Um, even me, you know, I've I, I you know, given an example of me doing this this radio show and, and, and supporting right. people and the love. You know, we can give all the love and the support in the world, but a lot of times here it's not reciprocated. And then when yeah. it is, you know, people, people focus on more so um, the negatives of things, right. negatives of the person, and people will try to use... What they feel, you know, like even. But you gotta clean that up, though, Chaz. Uh, you, not, not you. I said those, and I meant those individuals. Those negative things. If you was out there shooting, stabbing, killing people, and now you wanna become the mayor's associate, that don't work. You yeah. gotta, you gotta work to clean up that backstory. You gotta do that. You can't just be. You can't expect for people to just open arms to you if you ain't did the work. Chastity, you have been doing what you're doing right now on this show. You've been doing this for months. You've been going through what you've been going through. But despite who tuned in, who listened, when it was just me or one other person listening, right. you still was talking like it was a million people. And that's the question you need to ask to some of these people who want to be leaders or call themselves leaders in that community. Will you do the job when nobody is listening or when the cameras aren't there? Because they don't even really care about the citizens. Are the cameras there? Look at the brothers. I'm the prime example, doing pretty great. All those hood leaders that got on cameras or got on lives, where are they now? The preachers. What are the they doing? The preachers. Everybody was activists. Everybody, where they at now? Well, I'm gonna tell you where they at. They're going to get these same grants that Mayor Scott, Mayor Brandon Scott, has released to the city. They're now getting grants to do what they really want to do, and then putting the change in their pocket. That's what they're doing right now. And I don't care who care who has something to say about it. That's what they're doing right now. Well, and if they got something to say about it and they're watching, I hope that they like, comment, and share the show or even, you know, give us a yeah. call and let's talk about it. Because like I was mentioning, this is just one thing that we can go on and on and on. Like, mm -hmm. hey, this is the stuff that we know and we see it all the time. And I'm just baffled and us just, you know, and knowing this, um, right. knowing that to be fat, why we don't move in the direction to bring about the change. And then even us, you know, sharing our opinion or our critique on Brother Mayor Brandon Scott or any other body, like how you say it's not to, you know, put them down or shun them in any way. It's just looking at things and what the reality of the situation is because a lot of times you got to acknowledge it for it to be able to change. And you know why it doesn't change? Yeah. I, I, I learned this. And this is something like a real old school activist told me. 
She said, poverty pays. Mm. Struggle pays. If nobody was living in poverty, nobody at social services would have a job. And there would be no grants. And there would be no grants. It would be no need for it. If everybody was doing good, we wouldn't need public servants. We wouldn't need them. So poverty, struggle, blacks, uh, what they call it, black plight, all that pays. So those same individuals that want to be leaders, they're not going to change but so much because they're going to fight, fight, fight. And then when the door opens and they're on the power side, they're going to see, well, if, if I solve this problem, I don't have a platform no more. Woo. So I'm going to solve it just enough Everybody so I can keep talking. Right? Everything huh? about money. I say everything about money, and I think that's what it. it, it comes okay. to you say that the money is the root of all evil, and I think when it, you know when that statement is being made, it's getting into all those roots of all of and that so stuff. You, well, you understanding it from a different perspective now. Yes, it's really the yes. roots of all evil, yes. and they say that about politicians. They have the best intentions, but once they sit down in that seat, we ain't heard nothing from uh mosby since he became president of the city council nothing you ain't heard of people all he's been doing is taking pictures with celebrities mm. and i'm sure he's done more than that but that's what we see from you now before you you wasn't speaking much but you had you was sitting you was everywhere you let him destroy your wife because you wanted power you mm. ain't stand behind your wife you ain't said nothing because you wanted to be city council president now the city about the you about to feel it this time next year you will feel the fact that Marilyn Mosby ain't in that office no more. Yes, they is. We already feeling it now. You know, you're right. And me, the joke we had went out um a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I joined my cousins and some other powerful queens in the Queen's Day. And I remember one of me and my other cousins, we was on the side trying to have a little break. And the lady said, "Y'all better be careful because the police down here." They just now pulled me up. <laughs> mm -hmm. Don't do nothing. You know, Marilyn Mosby is not in office no more. And they yeah. already back to their radical shenanigans. She's she's still in office until the election, but they yeah. they already started saying, Well, we ain't gotta do what she say, dude. Yeah. We will lock you up. Yeah. Fuck her, basically. Right, but, but we but we keep doing that. We stand by the sidelines and we rally for this person. And when our personal bills aren't being paid, then we hate that person. Now we spirit smearing it. By my studio, there's there's a bunch of flyers, and I don't see them on the west side of Baltimore. I only see them on the east side. And wow. it's, it's a weird thing. So it's these white, big white flyers that they have posted in random places. Oh, and they have a picture with a liar on it. Oh. With Merlin Mosby, I was right, already well, saying, I on seen it. some with some wanted posters with Brandon Scott, yeah. with Nick Mosley. I've been seeing them like downtown, or, uh -huh. but like Merlin Mosby, oh, a liar. Okay, yeah. mm -hmm. but but when this when this one and hope they better hope at least we get the Democratic choice because if we get the Republican choice, it's really gonna go back to where it was about 10, 15 years ago. Oh yeah, marijuana will be a lock up, a lockable. Right, thing. lock up. They gonna get all us black folk. So you ain't gonna be able to drive through the city. We the only ones that smoke weed, though. <laughs> no, but we're the only ones that get pulled over for it. Yes, yes. We're the only ones that, that get part. arrested at alarming rates for it. Even though they got these dispensaries coming up now, but it's just it 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 pains me to see your guests.
fight for something so much where it, it just we just have to we have to do more and as he was talking i was equating this to the school system yeah. you know and i heard him say he gonna start his own school yeah yeah but, but, but what what is he going to do different than the regular school system isn't doing i'm not saying his intentions are the same but i'm saying is he only going to let his students that parents promise that they're going to be involved it's, I mean, what, no, what's going to happen? Because open up. I know about the school that he's opening, and uh -huh. I can't think of the name or whatever, but um, it's basically to try to reach, you know, the black children, especially the young black men. Um, but it's an African centered um, type of which name, restoring that self. But um, it's only, but who, who's going to be involved in that school? Chances are people who are already on that brainwave in terms of parents are going to definitely bring their children. So, but the problem is still going to exist. Yeah. It's still going to exist. And you still, and even the parents outside of that, that still bring their children, you're going to still need their involvement to make things really happen for that school. Right, right, right. Oh, he definitely includes everybody. We got to bring Baba M. Otap, of course, back on the right. show because it's like I say, he wears a mini hat. He mm -hmm. definitely includes everybody and he definitely is all for the people. He ain't excluding anybody he trying to get us back to that black consciousness, that black mm -hmm. power, that black economics, that black ideology, that black um, philosophy, all of that. So we got to bring him back in so he can let us know more. Um, we did uh -huh. talk about the race first movement and that rally that they had, but yes, most definitely. Um, like I said, it is my um, um, pleasure and privilege to try to, you know, bring stuff here through Be Exposed Radio on the You Better Live Radio show um, because mm -hmm. I had so many different opinions and like you, Nate, like you, Marnie, like so many of our, our listeners, you know, um, versus the resources not getting into our community. These type of things, we don't come together enough and, and talk about them and walk on them. Just like how we were saying, when people get their own opinion on you, you know, personally, regardless of what or whatever, um, your initiative sometimes can be slotted, slighted. Right. really what the purpose is um and we here we down in the last two minutes of the show nate you know you are like a um super guest now because <laughs> times two i always like to talk to you but y'all better go here because y'all never ever want to show y'all handsome faces on here so well, let me tell you i am <laughs> on bed rest right now oh really and i'm i'm trying to just be relaxed but yeah. i still have an opinion Please and relax. i still have my computer and my work around my, on my bed so okay okay i just tuned in and was like i have an opinion and i'm gonna share it Mm, and I appreciate you. Lord knows I do. <laughs> Nate show comes on tomorrow. The artists exchange. What time is it, Nate? It comes on at 7 p.m. same time. At 7 p.m. same time. So y'all gonna have to check back in. Your show come on at 5 o'clock p.m., not 7. Oh, yeah, good. I'm sorry. It used, to, it used to come on at 7. I was seven. He so relaxed. He relaxed and he on bed rest. So. I'm, no, that um, I have a muscle relaxer in me, so okay. that is, <laughs> it is doing his job. He meant five. He meant. I five. did. I, I really did mean five. He I was really thinking five, and it five. didn't come out. He really did mean five, and then of course, my guy in the sky, the voice who you have no choice 
but to listen to <laughs> the one and only Monty on that talk lately, um, Tuesdays when we can be on time because we had it the last time when we supposed <laughs> <laughs> Tuesdays at seven. Monty, I can't wait to talk to you because I have not talked to you lately. All right. <laughs> you know what? We know how to bring the news and how it's supposed to be wrong right here on the You Better Live. You already know it's your news, Al Boos. I'm here, the Empress. Chess real lady cake mix. I just love to talk to y'all about this stuff. I thank y'all for the love. Y'all can join me right here every Thursday, 7 and 9. Like and share the page. I got to get it up. Come on, tell a friend and tell a friend. And guess what? Even let the enemies in because I rebuke anything that they trying to do against me or my show. You better live. But bye-bye, you guys. God loves you. God bless you. See you next week. And you better leave. <laughs>